Okay, this morning I am going to, um, actually, um, I've been preaching on the five solas of the Reformation. So far we looked at sola gratia, saved by grace alone, sola fide, saved by faith alone, solus Christus, in Christ alone. The next one, of course, sola scriptura, according to scripture alone, I am going to leave that one for next week. And I'll pick that up next week along with the last one the week after. But this morning, I'd like you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And this really comes out of the one, the first one I mentioned, sola gratia, saved by grace alone. Because in this, that particular point that came out of the Reformation... There was that debate between God's free grace to us and also good deeds that substantiate our real conversion, a real conversion uh, and good deeds, good works go together. Of course, remember, being saved by grace alone comes first, and then good works follows that because now that person has the Spirit of God indwelling them, and because the Spirit of God is indwelling them, and now God is working on them uh, to glorify his name even while on this earth, then uh, this one becomes a very important one. And in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse number 8, where it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And then verse 10 for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So not, as, not only is our salvation prepared beforehand, actually before the heaven and earth was created, but also the works that we're going to be involved with has been given to us by God, and is now ready to be walked into by us. But the question usually comes up when we talk about good works is, what do you mean by good works? What ex exactly is good works? And how do I know that uh, I am actually doing them? Well, that, that's a good question, and it's a question that we do need to answer. But I also want to so I want you to take your Bibles and turn to several passages, many passages of scriptures this morning and be ready. Hebrews chapter 10, again, tells us something like this. We're in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. It tells us this. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembly together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We must never forget that we are Christians not only for our own sake, but also for the sake of others. And so this passage of Scripture, it says, let us consider, let us think about, let us ponder, let us meditate on how. Think about how to stimulate someone else to love and good deeds, because you know what? In a sense, we also need to be, get poked 
like a horse needs to get poked to get moving if it's just lagging behind. We all need to get poked. And sometimes the poking comes from someone else, poking us, prodding us, stimulating us to this area of good deeds. Now, that's a very general term in Scripture, but it does get specific in verse 25. And one of them we poke people for is not to forsake the assembly together of believers. So we, all of us, once in a while, need to be poked in this area. We kind of get a little lazy in it. Uh, we get a little laxed in it. We, we, and even if we show up bodily, physically, maybe mentally, we're not really there. We're doing, we're still on our job that, or problems trying to solve a problem that went on that particular week. We're not there, all right? We're there physically, but not, we're not all there. So, you know, that we're drifting off, we're doing those kind of things. And so people need to come alongside of us and poke us. So according to this passage in Hebrews, First, Christians are to really put their minds to the task of taking thought of others. In other words, we, don't, we always think a lot about ourselves, but we don't think about others. And then Christians are to be continuously attentive to the welfare of other believers, spiritually, morally, physically. We're to be attentive to those things. And why are we to be attentive to those things so we can minister to them, so we can give someone suitable assistance, we can give them advice, we can caution them, we can admonish them, and even we may sometimes rebuke them and, or console them because we're paying attention to what's going on in someone else's life, all right? So that means you've got to have your finger to the pulse, A second thing from this passage is that believers are to stimulate or provoke or excite our brothers and sisters in Christ in labors of love, in works and good deeds, and we are to stimulate others to practice their confession of Christ by working out what God has worked within us in regenerating regenerating us and making us new. Now, The motive for good works, of course, is love. Good deeds really is is the practice of love. It's the love and the goodness that God's shown me, and therefore I want to show that to others. So doing good deeds adorns the gospel of Jesus Christ and glorifies the Father who is in heaven. In fact, the Epistle or the book of Titus specifically hones in on this particular thought, and it says to us in Titus chapter 3, verse 8, it says, so that those who have believed God, this is what it says, will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. So after conversion, once we know Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. We're not off the hook. We are actually on the hook to live out what God is doing in our life. And we don't live that out alone. That's why we have the gathered church, the gathered assembly, right? The the church gathers for, for what reason? First, to worship God, but also to carry out good deeds, good works that God has ordained for you and I, and they're different for you and I. So it's been my experience that 
Christians are very much confused regarding a grasp on what it means to do good deeds, or what are they in the first place? Well, over the years, I've come up with 10 particulars about good deeds, and I think they've helped me to understand this particular truth in Scripture more clearly. And so, as we look through each one, each one is going to have a passage of Scripture to it, so I would like you to turn there. The first one First particular about good deeds is the vessels of good deeds. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 21, the Word of God talks about here the vessels of good deeds. What kind of vessel does God use to actually perform good deeds? Well, in 2 Timothy 2, 21, it says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, of course, the things that were listed above, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and then notice, useful to the mastered, prepared for every good work. So the first thing that we consider when we think about good deeds is our own vessel. Have we come to the Lord with a clean heart, a clean mind? Have we come to the place where we are confessing our sins so the Lord can cleanse us, 1 John 1, 9, from our sins and all unrighteousness. See, are we ready to actually engage in the good deeds that God has ordained us for? That's got to be the first thing. The vessels, looking at yourself, looking at how God has gifted you, looking at the opportunities God's given you, looking at the people that God's laid on your heart, looking at the ministries that God may have you involved with. In those ministries and in the church, there are people that you, some people gravitate to others and others gravitate to other groups of people. But see, there are people in the circle of the church that need you and need me, and especially in the area of doing good deeds to them. But I tell you what, if I'm engaged in secret sin if I'm doing something that is not pleasing to the Lord that no one else knows about, I'm not a cleansed vessel, and I'm not sanctified and useful to the master. I'm actually kind of like a useless Christian if I'm not considering my own self. That's why when we come to the Lord's table today, one of the things about the Lord's table is we're to examine ourselves, right? We're to look at our own heart, our own our own thoughts, our own actions, our own words, and to ask ourselves, how are we doing with the Lord? Are we a vessel that even comes to the Lord's table confessing and having that blood of Christ, again, the effectual blood of Christ, cleanse us from all our sin and unrighteousness, that we're useful to God, that we're available to God, that we are being sanctified by the word of God, that we are a vessel of honor to God. And that's the kind of vessel that you put on the mantelpiece. It's not the kind of vessel you put garbage in. It's the kind of vessel you put up for display. So are we those kind of people? That's got to be the first thing when we consider the particulars of good deeds. The second thing is this. In Matthew chapter 5, and that's going to be the motive of good deeds. Matthew chapter 5, the motives of good deeds would good deeds 
are, of course, this is a, a very familiar passage of Scripture to those who have been around the church for a while. But in Matthew 5, the last part of the verse, it says this. Um, let me read it. Uh, in verse number 16, Matthew 5, 16, it says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So the second particular about good works is the motive of good works, or the motive of good deeds. And what is the motive? What's the ultimate motive? It's to glorify our heavenly Father. It's to bring honor to his name in the way we live our life. Let your lights shine before men. So what? So they can see you. So they can see that there's a difference in you. They can see the redeemed life in your everyday living. They can see something so different about you that they almost gravitate towards you. And then when you do something uh, good to them, they are going to, of course, take attention to what you've done, and they are going to ultimately bring glory to the Father who is in heaven. So there is that motive that anything I do for the Lord, I do want to do it that his name is lifted up, lifted up. I don't get the credit. No one gets the credit. God gets the credit. And I can boast in the Lord. And so therefore, that, that is my motive. That's why I would want to do good works. It's not to get accolations for myself. It's not to have people pat me on the back. It's not to get a certificate or something, a recognition publicly. It's just to glorify God. So there's a lot of things that have to be moved out of your heart to have that kind of motive. And so, but it's very important to understand good deeds. And then the third particular of good deeds also found right here in, in verse number 16 of Matthew 5. It's the objects of good deeds. It, what's the object of good deeds? Let your light shine before men. All right? The object of good deeds are people. I'm looking to people to see what good I can do to them. Now, many years ago, I heard an announcement. And the announcement was that there's this man in Florida who actually allows pastors to stay in, in his house for two weeks for just $230. And the first time I heard that particular uh, message, I, I didn't believe it. Nobody believed it. You know, nobody can go to Florida for two weeks and spend... Uh, 14 days in, in a home and, um, and for only $230. It just didn't seem real. So uh, one guy said to me, no, no, I actually did it. And I went down there and uh, not only did uh, he allow us to use his house for uh, $230, but everything was in the house you needed to use, go to the beach, bikes, everything was there. It, it was air conditioned, all the sheets all the towels, you didn't have to bring anything, just yourself. But the requirement was you had to spend 14 days. You couldn't come for just a couple of days, couldn't come for a week, you had to come for 14 days. And if you came for 14 days, he gave you $130 back. And I, so we talked to this man, and um, we decided to do it, and we actually went, we used it twice. And we asked him, why do you do this? And he says, I do it to glorify my Father in heaven. These are the good deeds God's given me to do. 
I became a wealthy man. I owned three houses and, uh, and many other things, and God blessed me, and I just want to bless pastors and mission, missionaries. And you think that was not an impact on myself and our family? That was an, matter of fact, that, that was a picture of good works that, and good deeds that I, I've never experienced before. I, I felt we felt so blessed and we felt so um, just honored by him, and yet God gets the glory. See, we have to be looking out for that, and we have to be looking at the resources God's giving us so we can actually focus in on the objects of good deeds, our people. Different kind of people, all kinds of people, all of God's people, too, are the particular focus of good deeds. And then, of course, fourthly, a fourth particular of good deeds is the purpose of good deeds. And what is the purpose of good deeds? Titus chapter 3, verse number 14, really the purpose of good deeds is to show people God meets needs and provides needs, where it says in Titus 3.14, our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. So in other words, the purpose of good deeds is to show people that through God's people, God meets and provides needs. And the scripture admonishes us here to make sure that we are ready to meet pressing needs. That means we have to be ready to do it. We have to be vessels of honor. We have to have the motive to give God the glory. We have, have to have actually a love and care for people. And then, of course, the purpose would be, listen, through my life, God may provide to you something that he wants to provide, but through human means to do it. Of course, I think of the hurricane people, victims in... Uh, in Texas, that um, lost, many of them lost businesses, everything. I, I heard what you heard the other day, 100,000 cars were lost already in that hurricane. And it was, it was, it's a great devastation. And of course, I think all of us are thinking, how can I help out, right? And uh, I know there's a couple sites that I think we need to search out to see if we can uh, eventually maybe there's always an immediate need, but there's also going to be a far-reaching need, which people forget, and that's to rebuild. Maybe we can find out. I think Ken Ham has a site up that we can give through that, uh, Answers in Genesis, and then Samaritan's Purse is another one. Maybe we possibly could uh, either want to give individually or we can have something where we can give corporately. And just to let people know that we're, we're, we haven't forgotten them. You know, I know Texans are people that think that no one else lives in the United States except Texans, and, uh, and they have their own country, Texas, uh, you know, and, uh, but nonetheless, to let them know that even people from the East care about them and what they're going through down there in Texas. And so how can we show and bring glory to God and show people that we care? Well, we can do something. We can meet a need that we can provide something to them and with the mindset that we want to do it in a way that glorifies God. And then, of course, the fifth particular about good works or good deeds, is, I already read the passage in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's the realm of good works. 
The realm of good works is a changed life. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now, some have said that the word workmanship comes from the word poem, or the root of that, to, do, to design a poem. Uh, and so, in other, in other words, God wants us to be a kind of person where, uh, and poems are a particular kind of literature that it does, it does express certain uh, feelings, certain meters of what people want to say. It, it does give a message in that. And at the same time, God's, God's working on us, wanting to make us a people that have, uh, of course, good works, but to show that God's been working on you. God, in a sense, you're God's poem, and he's working on you, and he's, he's creating uh, in you a godliness and a holiness you didn't have before. You're completely different, and you're being created uh, in Christ Jesus for this area of good works for God prepared before hand that we would or we should walk in them. So the realm of good works is your changed life, that that's where God's going to work. And then a sixth thing about good deeds is the preparation of good deeds, the preparation of good deeds. And of course, that would be right there in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And of course, what is the preparation of of good deeds, it is God's word. But notice what it says about God's word here. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 4, it says all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, right? So the word of God, when you hear the word of God, when you're reading the word of God, when you're meditating and learning the word of God, it's doing all kinds of stuff in our life. It's, re, it's reproving us. And then once it reproves us, it doesn't just leave us there all broken. It corrects us so we would know the right way to go. And then once it corrects us, it trains us in how to live rightly before God. And then why all that? Verse 17, so that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good deed. Now, that is really the preparation of good deeds. It, it must come from the Word of God, molding and shaping us, making us into the image of Christ, uh, making us holy, making us godly. So the Scripture will completely outfit us and make us able to meet pressing needs. It's got to be the Word of God. It cannot be apart from the word of God. It must, uh, that must be, that is the instrument the Spirit of God uses to make us like Christ. The seventh particular about good works is the direction of good works. The direction of good works. Now, Colossians chapter 1 refers to this, and of course, the direction of good works is really threefold. It says in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 10, again, so that, verse number 10, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. And then what is the direction of 
good works, well, not only to please the Lord, but also to bear fruit in every good work, it says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So in other words, once we are cleansed vessels, we have the motive to glorify God. Our objects, the objects of our good deeds are people, and the purpose, of course, is for God to use us to meet and provide needs to other people, and then, of course, God is working on us, and we're his workmanship, and then we are being prepared by the word of God. Then the direction of our good works is going to be prayer, fruit-bearing, and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, we're bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. It's never done by someone who is just stagnant in the faith. It's someone who is moving. God blesses moving vessels. And so here is the direction of someone's good work, always seeking God out in prayer. Why? They they would walk in a manner Worthy, and of course, that word uh, "walk in a manner worthy" is, is is the word that we get the picture of a balancing beam. You know, when somebody does those flips on those balancing beams, man, how much practice does it take for someone to flip across that skinny little beam all the way to the end and then flip over onto a mat? So you have to have good balance. So, in other words, to walk worthy means that we have good balance from the word of God, our relationship with God, and of course, therefore bearing fruit because we're growing and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so we ever get this stability as a believer to be able to walk the narrow path as a believer without falling off, getting people to follow us. So that's the direction. Number eight, Eighth particular of good works is the general nature of good works is this, anything done by a Christian out of love for God is good works. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 10. Here it says, uh, talking here uh, about a woman who would be a widow indeed, and how we can help them. It, it says in 1 Timothy 5.10, there are certain particulars about her. Number one, having a reputation for good works is one of the first things. And then if she had brought up children. Now, it doesn't mean that she just brought up children. It meant that she brought up children and produced a godly offspring, that she used God's word to bring up her children. All right? And then... If she has shown hospitality to strangers, right? Did she have her home open? Was she available to be able to give help to those? And of course, most of the time, the strangers were passing preachers and evangelists that were coming through. There was no, you know, Hilton Hotels back then. Uh, You may have been the Hilton Hotel because they knocked on your door and they said, hey, can I stay here tonight? And so you're the woman was able to not only take care of her own family, but was always ready to be hospitable to those who needed a place to stay, needed a meal, and um, she was able to do that. And then, of course, if she washed the saints' feet, it says there, that she welcomed that person into their home, usually believers into her home, and she was able, of course, when they, they wore sandals back then, 
and their feet got dirty, so you would walk into their house and they would wash your, the dust off your feet and as kind of a welcoming gesture and that saying, come and stay with us and uh, receive our hospitality. And then, of course, if she has assisted those in distress, it's not just the normal day, it's when things uh, get really bad. She's evil, even able to take care of stressful, distressful times and situations with other people's. So in other words, this doesn't just happen. She's ready to do this. She's prepared to do this. And it says there at the end, and she has devoted herself to every good work that God laid in her path. And you know, these are normal, everyday things. That's why I'm saying the general nature of good works is anything. You're a blood-bought believer of Jesus Christ. Anything you do out of Christian love to God and others is good works. Remember, even a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, right? God recognizes it. He knows it. The smallest things is good works and good deeds. So don't ever think that you're not doing, you're not doing anything when you do stuff like that. You're doing exactly what God wants you to do. You're available to do it. You're not bucking against it. You're not grumbling and complaining. Usually people that are, are like that are not vessels of good deeds, so they don't usually get involved with good deeds because they're all about themselves and they're not about God's work, right? And so that's the general nature. Anything I do uh, is for the glory of God. And then number nine would be some of the specifics of good works. All kinds of stuff. I already mentioned that. All kinds of stuff. In other words, acts of benevolence to the poor, the less fortunate, the sick, the weak, the feeble, the elderly, the widow and the orphan, the missionaries, young married, young men, young women, care packages and letters and emails and text and clothing and food and any kind of helps or companionship, conversation, cleaning someone's house, mowing someone's lawn shoveling snow for someone, praying with them, inviting them to your home when nobody else will invite them. Bring them to church. Bring them to the doctors if they need a doctor's visit and they have no way to get there. How about discipling them? That's a huge one. And bring them into your home and disciple them. Do a Bible study with them. Or just simply visit them. See, all these things for a believer are all good deeds. So, see, it takes confusion out of, is this a good deed or is this not a good deed? All of it is. And so then, therefore, what is the affirmation? Number 10, the affirmation of good works shows you have been changed by Christ. Well, one passage of Scripture already read a couple messages ago, and that was, from James chapter 2. See, God's good works are a vital part of the proof and fruit of salvation. It proves you have living faith and affirms you are a child of God. And of course, what does it say in James chapter 2? It says, if a brother, verse number 15, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, 
And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Verse 17, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Verse 18, but someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Verse 20, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, fellow, that faith without works is useless? So here's the difference between a useless profession of faith and a useful profession of faith. And so God does not make useless professions of faith. In fact, Titus chapter 1, verse number 16 clearly says to us, they profess to know God, but by their deeds, by their deeds they deny him. Being detestable, disobedient, and worthless for any good deed. Nobody wants to be in that category. Not if you're a believer, right? You don't want to be in that category. You want to be in the category that Lord, I'm a, I want to be a usable vessel. I want to bring glory to your name in my everyday life. I want you to notice the people that come in and out of my life. I want you to give me eyes to see and hands to be able to help. And Lord, I want uh, to always be being pre prepared with, uh, by the word of God. So if you have to rebuke me in an area that I'm not functioning as a believer, Rebuke me, but Lord, at the same time, please, as you say in your word, correct me and train me in how to live righteously so I am adequate and equipped for every good deed. And that when I am, that I will never stop praying, I will never stop bearing fruit, and I will never stop increasing in the knowledge of God. And that my good works would be like this woman in Scripture, that I would have a reputation of good works and good deeds. That reputation would follow me everywhere I go. That I would always be available to people to be able to help them, no matter who they are, how unfortunate they may be, how sick they may be, how feeble they may be, and whatever the name uh, they may need. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would do that so my good work substantiates and proves that I have a living faith and affirms that I am a child of God. See, that's what the 10 things that are particular is about good deeds. Hopefully, just knowing those clears things up, right? So go and serve God. Go and serve God, and everything counts. Everything counts. Let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning, because you are good, Lord. And Lord, you're the greatest giver of anyone. You reach down to ungodly, unholy people who were your enemies. And you went and died on the cross for sinners, not righteous people. For those who rebelled against you, who cursed your name. You died for those kind of people. And Lord, I'm so thankful 
that you did. Because we know, Lord, if, Father, if you didn't hold back giving your only son to be a, a sacrifice and, and propitiation for sinners like us, you'll not hold back on everything else you have to give to, give to us, give to your children. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless us every single day with eyes to see and hands willing to help in every area possible that we may walk in those ordained good deeds you've put before us. And I pray you would bless us as a congregation, a church, help us to always be ready for pressing needs, whatever they may be. And I pray, Lord, as we do that, our motive would always be that you would receive the honor, the praise, and the glory, and no one else. Thank you, Lord, for being kind and gracious to us. And I pray, Lord, this morning you would bless us and make us ready to partake of the Lord's table today. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And in his name I ask it. Amen.